Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I am Andrew Comro, an autistic certified financial planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey, Eileen. Hey, Andrew. Hey, everyone. In this podcast, we want to highlight real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but people like us talking about their day-to-day life and what autism means for them. Basically, we want to give a voice to a variety of autistic people. And our guest today is Perry. Uh, Perry is a 24-year-old autistic woman. After many years of her family wanting answers, she was finally diagnosed with moderate to severe autism at age 11, which was pretty late despite the obvious signs she was showing. She didn't say her first word until the age of six and didn't say much else after that until she was 10. She wants to raise awareness about being nonverbal in such a strong verbal world. Hi, Perry. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've been following you for a while and I, I love what, uh, what you post and, and your story. So I'm excited to have you here. Um, we want to ask our guests how they like to identify. And by that, I mean, you know, do you like to say I have autism or I'm autistic? I'm on the spectrum. What's your preference? Um, I like to say um, I have autism. Um, yeah, because I like I like um being peri first then autism really. I prefer that but either way I don't really mind but I have a preference towards that a bit more I like that I like to be peri first yeah that's a great reason to use a person with autism yeah I want to be Eileen first <laughs> so when you were diagnosed with autism sounds like a difficult process it also sounds like it took a lot longer than it should have what can you tell us about that um okay um yeah it took um a very long time um my family went to like different doctors different teachers and they they um I know some of the doctors said that I was too um severe to have girl autism back then it was very like people thought boy autism girl autism existed which obviously it doesn't autism doesn't have a gender um functioning labels don't have a gender you know all that but that was probably the main thing back then um but yeah I was too severe to be a girl on the spectrum because to them girls on the spectrum should have acted a certain way and I didn't so yeah and you say you didn't speak until you were you didn't say your third your first word until you were six and then you didn't speak until you were 10 so if Mm -hmm. not autism what did the doctors think was going on? They thought it was either laziness. They thought it was, um, I was just um, really uh, mentally slow. Um, but yeah, between laziness or just being slow, that's what they just put it down to. Wow, that's really sad. Yeah. It looks like you have a great relationship with your family uh, and that they really fought for you and uh, for you to get the, the help you needed when you were younger. Is, is that right? Can you tell us more about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm from a big family, um, five sisters, five brothers. Um, and yeah, they were all pretty, um, yeah, they were all pretty supportive. I was raised by... Um, my grandma my dad's side and my dad and my siblings and um yeah they all fought really hard to try and get me uh, the right help and fought for answers even when they were unsure 
themselves in that. So yeah, definitely helped. I mean, you didn't even have supportive doctors and professionals, so I can't even imagine what you know your life would have been like if your family wasn't supportive. Uh, it's uh, it's important. Even to these days, there are a lot of people who are autistic and who don't have the support of their their family, and that can make things really hard for them. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had that that support at least, even though it was difficult for you. And I'm sorry you had to go through through all of that. Uh, so we like to talk about adulthood on the spectrum here, obviously. It looks like you've had quite a wild ride when it comes to college education. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yes. Okay. So um, from the age of 11 to 19, I was in a special needs um, school. Um, so um, that really 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 helped it was basically a school where you learned just the typical subjects but on top of that there was um other classes like speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy and different types of you know things like that and um I feel like uh those really helped you know lessons to help us with our communication and our relationships and friendships and just our behaviors and it was um it was tough going you know some days I really didn't like it but looking back to it I'm very glad that I went there and I um was able to be in a school like that that taught me the skills that I needed I feel like a lot of people look at those sort of places and they see it as places that they see it as sort of um not great because they feel like oh they're making you less autistic no they're just giving us the skills that everyone else has but we haven't like why shouldn't we be taught those skills um everyone else has um so that was really good um So then I left at 19 and I went to a mainstream college. So just a college, for like just a typical uh, college setting. And that was um, very, very difficult. I feel like one of the downsides of the school was that I was um, kind of sheltered you know I was used to having you know one-to-one stuff and small classes and so when I went into a mainstream college it was like a massive massive change and um, I didn't really get the support that I deserved three weeks into the course they told me that I needed to drop out and that I was going to fail and that um, yeah they basically made it their their business to basically try and get me off the course um but I wouldn't I wanted to see it to the end I was like you know if I fail I fail I just want to finish because I just I like to finish things and um eventually I finished and I passed and I was the only person that got accepted into all my university offers and all that so I definitely um proved them wrong because they kept saying that someone who went to a school like mine someone who had a background like mine wouldn't um of past so it kind of 
I kind of gave them the toolbox, but other people like me who would join their part, join their college in the future. So I like that. But that yeah, it was amazing. Thank you. Congre congratulations. Yeah, it's I, I can believe they, they said that. Uh, and I'm so glad you you push through and you stay till the end uh, to prove them wrong. It's a it's a great story. It's mm -hmm. a, it's insp inspiring. Now, one of the things that you want to talk about is being non-verbal. Now, do you have a preference on non-verbal versus non-speaking? I, I know there seems to be a um, very similar amount of people who say how we should identify. I also have an opinion on non-verbal, non-speaking. Do they mean something different to you, first off? Not really. They mean the same thing to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they mean the same Good. I just want to make sure respectful of that preference as well. So I, I think with many people, and although, you know, I didn't speak until I was three or four, I know, you know, others on our podcast, even sure others, you know, didn't speak until later, but I think you're probably, you know, one of the first guests we have, we've had who didn't, you know, speak or, and speak of significance for, you know, many, many years and now is, you know, well, well-spoken, um, so you remember what it was like to not speak, right? So um, what can you share out there and what would you like to share about what it was like not being able to speak? Because for, you know, I don't remember it. You, you, you do. And what helped you? If you could tell us more about that. Yeah, okay. Um... So it was just, I just remember it being like, like, um, I don't know, like frustrating. It was like I was in this like goldfish bowl just looking in and I, I knew, I could see that everyone was doing this thing that I couldn't, you know, talking is verbal communication is such a massive um part of um everyone's lives you know it's used even in ways that we just don't think about because it's just automatic in that and it's so um puzzling and mind boggling when you're around that but you just can't do it definitely um so I have a sister who is two years younger than me and I remember just being I don't know like perplexed that she could talk and I couldn't and it was frustrating because I knew I knew that I was older and I knew she was younger and I just couldn't put it really together and I feel like it got so frustrating that some days I would just be more kind of like out of this world and into my world where and those are the days where you know people just thought that I didn't really know what was going on and I kind of just went into my own world and I didn't really even want to interact and I didn't even feel the frustration and you know and that happened because I felt like well if I can't communicate then what's the point in being here like in my world at least people people know me I can communicate without talking communication is just 
you know, an abstract sort of concept there. Um, but yeah, frustrating is probably one of the main words and that I would describe it, just knowing on the days that where I was a bit more with it, I would understand what I wanted to say and what I wanted to do. Like if I was in pain, that was a big one. Like I knew I was in pain and I couldn't tell anyone or if I was hungry and I couldn't tell anyone. And I just thought, you know, like, I don't know, like just why. And I would get irritated and angry. And I think that's um, why I would be quite angry all the time. I know my family, we joke that I was um, just furious like 24 7 I was angry all the time and I think that's because I couldn't communicate and I didn't really understand why I couldn't communicate and I think not understanding why was like a big thing um so yeah but during that time you were aware of everything that was going on around you Um, yes, like I said, some days I would be completely unaware. Um, some days, and I think that's when the frustration got bad and I would like invert into my own world. Um, but most of the time, yeah, I did know and I was completely aware of what was going on, but I just couldn't like connect it. I felt like I was just one sort of piece away from connecting it all and I just couldn't find that piece. What do you think changed from when you were uh, 10 to, to now that allowed you to be able to communicate verbally? Um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Like, I get this question a lot and I, I don't really know. Like, it could be a numerous of things. It could be just time. Maybe I just needed time. And I think Yeah. Do you, so question, so because you weren't diagnosed until later in life, um, therefore you did not really have, obviously no pecs, obviously, you know, no AAC, I iPads didn't even exist then, you know, how did we live before those? Um, but, you know, do you think that if you had been given, you know, AAC device, Uh, and I know this is a, you know, a little, you know, hypothetical. Um, do you think that you'd still be non-speaking today? Was it the frustration of not being able to communicate and not be able to speak? Um, was that what eventually made you overcome that challenge and why you can speak now? If you had an alternative method of communication, do you think you would be uh, still non-speaking and If you could go back in time, would you choose the path now or, or would you prefer to be non-speaking? Hmm. Um, that's a very like, interesting and um, complicated question. And I think it's like, I don't know, like obviously when I was like very young, um, I was taught sign language and like Makaton and that, but I just couldn't um get on with it you know like they, they tried and tried and I just didn't get on with it with that sort of form of communication because I was actually when I was very young 
um, from like, I think it was like five to seven, I was put into a special needs school for another special needs school for two years, but I left because of numerous reasons. And um, I think, so I did have things like, you know, pecs and stuff, but I just, I don't know, I just don't think I got on with it very well. I think pecs was useful, but it was just the continuous, having to use them continuously. I don't think, like some days I would be able to use them, some days I didn't, because I, I seem to go in and out of aggression quite a lot daily. So I feel like if I had an ACC device, I don't know, I feel like, it would have definitely made things easier. And I feel like I still would have spoken because even though I, I speak now, I I will always say that um, writing, um, like writing, typing, all that sort of stuff is my true voice. Like my verbal voice helps me with basic demands or what I need and stuff like that. But my true voice comes out in writing. Um, so I feel like even with the AZ device, I probably would have talked I don't think it would have prevented it um because I just yeah I just don't think my verbal voice is truly um you know the voice that I know that I have so yeah yeah and you know it's been proven that using AAC doesn't delay language if anything it helps because you're practicing communication when you're using AAC and on top of it, every time a child or an adult makes a demand on the AC device, uh, he can hear the words, you know, like for instance, my son Charlie will say, I want eat cookie. And so he will hear it every time he presses the button on his AC device, he will actually hear it. And, you know, it, it helps with language for that reason. There is a lot of uh, mis- uh, information around that that using a yeah. device will delay language and I, I don't think that's true no yeah I, I actually agree it kind of relates um when I was little my brother had this like train station thing and you could record it and I became like obsessed with it I would carry it around completely and I would just walk around with it and play with it my family noticed that I was recording conversations what they were saying and I was playing it back and I was mimicking the conversations that I was um, had recorded. So I think just hearing something like that helped me. So I was actually kind of helping myself and it took them a while to actually realize what I was doing. And, but yeah, I thought that was quite um, clever and quite similar in a way. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. I think a lot of parents and people are going to be uh, intrigued by this conversation because, you know, it's for so many autistic people who are nonverbal, we don't know exactly what's going on because a lot of them can communicate to an extent that makes us understand what's going on when they're nonverbal. But you have that perspective because you gained uh, a voice, if I can say, now you have, you can explain to us and it's just a perspective that we don't get to hear very often uh, at all. And I'm, I'm really thankful for you sharing your story and uh, talking about that stuff. Thank you. I think, um, I think the breakthrough for me personally was at my special needs school when they let me know that 
you can communicate without speaking. For years, I was in, you know, I went to doctors and I went to other, like, therapies and that other special needs school that just wasn't, wasn't nice, wasn't good, because they all put the goal to speaking instead of communication. Speaking and communication is two different things. You can communicate without speaking and you could speak without communicating. And I think the breakthrough for me when I realized that I could communicate without speaking, that I didn't need to speak like it's great that I can, but I was told I was taught that speaking isn't the goal. You know, my school used to I had a really hard trouble at just if I was upset or angry, I or feeling any sort of way, I couldn't communicate that. I, even when I could talk, I just couldn't communicate that. So they would draw like, I don't know, like a smiley face with a speech bubble and they would write and they would encourage me to write. And we would have full on conversations with these like comic strips. And I thought, you know, this is great. This is this is me communicating you know speaking shouldn't be the goal for um autistic uh people it should always be communicating and you can communicate in so many different ways I feel like when people make us feel like speaking is the end goal it just it feels like an impossible goal for most of us and that can actually cause a lot of issues down the line so yeah so if I will and I think this statement and everything kind of helped clarify maybe an earlier what might be taken as an assumption but essentially the key to you being able to speak was you being able to communicate and the stress of just trying to speak before you could communicate almost like um you know trying to run if speaking is running right and communicating is walking you were trying to be taught how to run before you could walk is the way I'm looking at that. So it sounds like the best thing, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I know Eileen would love to, but uh, I'm asking you, Perry, for the moment. Uh, and, and that is the best thing parents can do to help their child speak is to not help them speak. It's to help them communicate in the best way that they can. And then the, and then the verbal communication will follow if the individual is able to do so. Is that an accurate reflection of your words? Yes, that is accurate. Um, but yeah, just always communication is the goal. And if verbal communication does follow, then great. But if it doesn't, then that's that's no biggie. I feel like everyone, even those not on the spectrum, have a chosen way to communicate. And um you know for example like I prefer text like over phone like just don't you know no one should ever call me and that's just the way that I prefer to communicate and it shouldn't be looked down like as something bad in that and that's the same with you know autistic children and that um, they should just be you know let to communicate however way that they um, can. I want to go back to your, talk about your uh, your personal life and uh I, I know you were working in the food industry, is that right? Yeah. And you, you left that job uh, pretty recently uh, to work in a, in a preschool, right? Mm-hmm. How is that going for you? Um, yeah, it's going really, really good. Um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm learning. 
I'm learning like so much and I'm also able to um, give them some help as well like they ask um, you know regarding certain children and that and I'm able to go well obviously I went to special needs school so this may help and that may help or from my experience this child may be feeling like this because and I'm able to bring my insight um, to the table and it's just um, it's just really good because they've they're so um, thankful and grateful for it and they just they you know they think my ideas are amazing and that's great they don't care that I don't um, they don't care that I'm a bit quiet they don't care that I don't look at them in the eyes which I know was a big issue with my other um, employer and I'm like if I've got good ideas and I'm doing the job well why should I look at your eyeballs you know that sort of thing and they're just yeah it's great and I feel like I've always wanted to work with children and this is yeah I'm definitely happier here and it's just something it's another thing that my family and I was told I would never be able to do what I'm doing, which is great because I feel like it gives hope to um, other autistic families not to be on this level, but to just see that whatever their child can reach, they can, like whatever, whether it's, you know, something as big as this or something that maybe people may consider smaller, but it's big for them, you know. So, yeah, it's great. It's going good. I'm so impressed with everything you've accomplished, despite what people were telling you um, you couldn't do, and you didn't listen to any of that, and you did it again. And yeah. it's the the best the best way to be stubborn. <laughs> Me and Eileen are both very stubborn. That's probably yeah. why we're seeing so stubbornness is the secret to success. It is. <laughs> yes. Um, now, one thing that I you said that was very interesting is when people are asking you about your experience, you are talking about just your experience. Um, can you tell us why you don't feel the need to speak for every autistic individual there is? And that was a little bit of sarcasm right there. Uh, by the way, I should say, Ellie knows that, you know, anything I say usually is. But um, can you tell us why you only feel comfortable speaking about your autism your own autism and how that's still helpful a belief that Eileen and I both share but it seems a lot of very loud advocates um feel that their autism they can speak for everyone um yeah well put it simply I'm Perry and they're not um and, <laughs> yeah, and common sense it sounds like yeah, yeah pretty much like I just don't understand why why anyone like take autism out of the equation for a little bit why would you speak on behalf of anyone they're not you and you're not them like you can only talk about your experiences like there's similarities and there's lines that may like cross over with each other but at the end of the day it's it's your story and you can only talk about your story I feel like um you know maybe others they want to sort of say that their autism is autism but 
it's it's not because we're all very 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 different people with very different personalities which makes our autism and our you know just very very different I don't understand why you would sort of speak about you know someone else that isn't your um your own and that's why I make it so important on my page to let them know like this is my insight this is my personal story like if you or you can relate your child to it then great but like I just don't want to speak for your child or the parents or because I don't know I don't know them I only know me and yeah it's that simple really yeah, sure. I think the world would be a much better place if everyone, autistic or not, um, you know, would ask those questions. Yeah, mm. agreed. And uh, I mean, you know, we all know that the autism online community can be kind of <laughs> cruel. And I mean, like, I can't imagine it's it's easy for you. It's not easy for for anyone. And I, I love what you said about well simply put they're i'm perry they're not i mean nothing else <laughs> needs to be said like it's just like yeah common sense and uh but you know even though it's common sense there are still going to be people who don't agree with that and mm-hmm. i'm wondering how that affects you when people uh you know the, the backlash on the negativity in the autism community how is that for you yeah it used to like it still does, but it used to really, really affect me because, like, I was quite a small page for a while and then I blew up um, literally overnight after I wrote a um, post about um, what it was like being nonverbal. And that, um, so for a very long while, like, I just got, you know, positive comments all the time, all the time, all the time, constantly. And that obviously felt really good. And then, after a while after that um the negative comments started like coming in and I think because it was so like abnormal for me to get them it really sort of bothered me to the point where I would you know really watch what I was saying or I would delete whatever they didn't like and things like that and I realized I shouldn't really be doing that like i I shouldn't be censoring myself. Like I never censor. My, I've never censored myself in real life. I haven't. Like I don't even know how to do that. Like I'm. I'm Perry. This is what you get. Like it or hate it. So I don't understand why I, I was doing it um, online. And I think it was because I was just used to such the positive attention for so long. And then as years went on, I realized that I that the autistic online community that I should have fitted into, I really, 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 really didn't. And that bothered me for a while because I couldn't really understand why I didn't and I didn't, um, because, you know, I'm autistic, adult, advocate, you know, I should have fitted in to that very odd crowd. Um, but I didn't. And then that's when the hate sort of ramped up because they felt like I was, I don't know, like going against them. And I guess I was, but like not intentionally. I was just spreading what I believed and um, was trying to 
I didn't like the hate that I was getting and that I was seeing other bloggers was getting. Like in the autistic community, we all want one thing is to spread awareness of autism. And I didn't really understand why there were so many different levels and different communities and well and one very odd community that I would describe as cult but I can't say that but yeah it's a cult um but yes 100% a cult that I just did not want to be a part of um like I was here to spread about autism and I was here to spread about the awareness all types of awareness the good the joy the ugly the bad the you know just um so yeah the, the, the hate did used to get to me and now I'm just like eh, you know it's it's online you know I can just I can just switch my phone off like I've had my page hacked I've had hate pages um created about me I've had awful awful threatening like pm messages um I've had like so much and I just you know I think it just it describes them it says more about them than it says about me so yeah I I have the odd day where it gets me down and I'm still sort of going oh should I write this should I write that oh just yeah just go ahead and I just feel like you know for all the hate comments I get so many more positive comments so that definitely helps oh yeah Hey, I'm so sorry you you went through this. I don't know why, but I feel very protective of you. Maybe because you know you were nonverbal and you're you're younger, but it just really annoys me that they they go after you too. Um, and you know I I feel exactly the same way you do. As in, it used to affect me so much. You know, literally, I would lose sleep over it. Um, I would cry. Um, I would get really angry, and I would take it out on everyone around me when they would you know harass me, and. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't still happen when the harassment is really bad, but I've also reached a point where I know that it's not personal. I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, they do it to everyone. And what they're saying, it's the same all the time. Like, you can guess what their next comment is going to be, you know, and it's just a mob mentality. And like you said, we should get an actually autistic magic eight ball where we just shake it. And it gives like one of like ableism. It's your internalized ableism. And that's yeah. the magic eight ball. Or ooh, we can make I, I bet you a digital magic eight ball exists. We need to do this. I am excited now. Okay. And here was the ideas. But you know, it's what you said, Perry, that it says more about them than uh, about you when they uh they get mean. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have to, you know, agree with everything that they say and they just get angry when you don't and that's just that's on them like not everyone you know it shouldn't have to be a fight to be an advocate we're all you know different and we all have very different uh different perceptives and we're speaking about our autism you know I don't understand how someone can be like um, you should see your autism as a superpower. It's like, excuse me, this is my autism. You don't know what my autism is. Like, you don't know what it is. Like, I, it's, it's, it's just very odd. I find it very odd. Like, I wouldn't be like going up to someone in a wheelchair and say, don't, you know, don't see it as a disability. Like, it's just odd. You know, oh, it's yeah. very odd behavior. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you seem so, so mature 
honestly it's it's really impressive uh to have that outlook i mean at 24 i, I don't think yeah. i would have had your uh yeah your, your views on things it's it's really impressive i, I gotta say um we're going to ask you some uh, quick fire questions. It's nothing okay. crazy. We just ask you a question and, you know, about your, what you like and you tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. You okay. ready? Yes. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, um, probably to um, forge a path away from uh, the things that hold you back. Hmm. I think yeah I think that was uh yeah that was given to me at school and I was going through it was it was, it was like a lot of things happening at home and yeah and it was just yeah basically just saying just I like that yeah. and you, yeah. you did it well you forged your own yeah. path thank you what do you like to do to relax um I like to um read or watch tv or um or write so either of those things are good what's your favorite movie mm. or tv show tv show is probably toss up between Grey's anatomy or new mm. Amsterdam. yeah what's your favorite food um, my favorite food is probably, um, probably, um, strawberries. Yeah. I like those. I love them too. How was it to finally say fuck out loud for the first time? Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrew just added that question. He's being silly. <laughs> yeah it's good i don't i don't actually remember like <laughs> i don't remember when i said it <laughs> it's probably good yeah um okay now is your time to shine tell people where they can find you on social media um yeah okay uh you can find me on facebook on um not brain girl and you can find me on um instagram on not brain girl as well Oh, you're on Instagram. I didn't even know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, it was really am amazing, like, talking to you, um, getting your, your perspective on things. Um, right, Andrew? No, it was really interesting. I, I don't think I've um, had a guest, let alone read into somebody who was able to provide such a, um, you know, a unique perspective. Uh, and I'm sure others exist. I, I just haven't had the chance or opportunity to speak to anyone uh, about a similar situation. So really, thank you for sharing. Thank you.